Hello, welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. My name is Justin. Hello. <laughs> What's up, Justin? Nothing much, Will. Welcome back, man. We missed you, man. Thanks, you... brother. Good yeah, to be man. back. I know you've been busy, man. And uh, speaking of people coming back, we got special guest tonight, uh, Chris Basile, and he brought along Sean Kennedy, both from Pyrexia tonight. How you doing, guys? What's going Howdy, on, fellas? Big Will? How's it going tonight? Chris, uh, this is actually, uh, we got to note, this is your third appearance on the Heavy Hole. You're the most frequent guest no at this shit. point in time. Oh, shit. What we do I get? What yet. do I get? Uh, we have a prize here. It's a delicious Budweiser. I will yeah. take that. Thank you very much, my good friend. The yeah. certificate is in the mail. Just so you know that I'm going to drink it. <laughs> so, there we go. So welcome back, Chris. And uh, when welcome back, Sean, you know, we were a guest at the, the Pyrexia compound out east. Yeah, and you know, we talked to you guys. That was a lot of fun. Night, man. Yeah, yeah, man. It's a little bit earlier in the evening. A little bit less uh, <laughs> beverage has been consumed at this point than, than that interview, man. That was good. Yeah, man. So, what? Um, I mean, right off the bat, we, we want to talk a lot about going on tour. You guys have spent a lot of time on the road. But uh, maybe before we do that and we get into those tour stories, what's new with Pyrexia uh, since we last talked to you guys? Pyrexia's got a lot going on right now. Uh, yeah. We just signed up with Flaming the Flaming Arts. Uh, it's a managing booking agent overseas. Uh, they did our past couple of tours over there, and they've been doing a lot of big stuff with Morbid Angel and uh, Suffocation. Uh, a lot of the big tours going on over there right now. So uh, there's going to be a, an announcement of that, and they'll be handling a lot of our day-to-day. And hopefully, hopefully they big... can get us out to more people. Exactly, yeah. yeah. We're just trying to do more things, you know? Excellent, excellent. Man. Are you guys working on uh, new material, Anything? any new audio that fans can expect? Yes, yes. We, we just uh, finished up a couple of tracks, and uh, I don't know. I think I, I've spoken to you about this in the past. I, I'm not particularly uh, satisfied with that last production of our last uh, album that we put out. So this next uh, assault is being sent out to Demigod Studios out in Portugal. So uh, hopefully I'll put some nuclear sauce over it, and uh, we'll get the proper production this time. All right, spread all those, put a little cheese on it. Yeah, a little, little cheese. <laughs> all right, man, awesome, man. And um, what what about playing live, man? I mean, you guys got a lot going on behind the scenes. You plan on getting out live? Is there anything to talk about yet? Or Well, we, we actually, Sean will tell you, we had a really big tour lined up that was supposed to be with uh, Cryptopsy and Bloodline that kind of fell through. And that, you know, we didn't... Kind of around now. Yeah, it was supposed to be right around now, and, and we really didn't accept anything else because we thought we'd be doing that. But again, we took the opportunity to, uh, you know, write some material and pretty much wrapping up. Uh, Which hopefully works out bad for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always keep pushing forward, man. Yeah. Always. So, um, all right, man. So, so uh, some things to definitely watch out for, Pyrexia, man. Um, uh, always something around the corner, but... We, we want to talk to you about tour. We you know we did our first episode of, of tour. Uh, if, if the listeners want to reference the tour part one, it was just uh, Tom, Justin, and I talking about tour. But we brought you guys down because you guys are road dogs. And there's one story. When I filled in for Pyrexia last year, I got to go down to Texas and meet a man you call Selly. Selly, yeah. <laughs> if we could just like open the tour story episode with you yeah. telling the Selly story, man, and, sure, and take us back going. to like the time and the place and where in Pyrexia's career that was, and maybe you'll just just take us there, you know? Ah, uh, yeah. No, that was like a crash course on what it would be like to go on the road, but it was our first uh, out of state experience of uh i've been traveling out of new york it was definitely during the sermon days the album just came out and a band named crucifix from dallas texas had reached out and we were corresponding through the snail mail you know no internet no anything like that you know corresponding that way tape trading and stuff tape trading heard of them they heard of us and they invited us to come out there and just play a couple shows with them another band called torment defined uh local shows uh, up and down it Dallas and uh, Corpus Christi and a couple other places and we said yeah so uh, we, we went out there 
and again, uh, 19 years old maybe, or something like that, 20, and uh, these guys had their own apartments and everything. I was still living with my parents, and they had like hot tubs, and, and they were they like doing barbecues and make, you know cutting up vegetables and doing things like that, and you know, I, don't, I wasn't used to, so I really loved it. I still do love Texas. But uh, they smoked a lot of weed down there too, so it was like you know, it was like a natural thing. Everybody, allegedly, it was a new free. It was a new, you know, it was a free for all. New York was on the download. They were like, "Hey, y'all, come on, we're gonna smoke," and they were just smoking, smoking, smoking. So we were there for uh, two weeks. There was only maybe five shows, but we stayed. We like we just stayed with these people and we was hanging out and doing stuff. And we were taking the trip from Dallas to Corpus Christi, and it was myself and the singer from Crucifix who were in the U-Haul with all the band's equipment. It was us, Tom at the Find, and I think another band, but everybody's equipment was in the U-Haul. So we were driving in that, and all the other bands were in cars and, you know, doing like a caravan. So we stopped like an IHOP or something, and uh, me and the singer were like, yeah, you want to get ahead, you know, get a jump start, we're going to leave? Like, we'll leave, we'll get ahead, you know, get going and everything. So we start driving and everything, and, you know, he starts rolling something, breaks something out. He starts, he starts smoking it. Next thing you know, uh, cops get pulled over. And it was so leisurely, I didn't think it was even for that. I was like a busted taillight or something, you know, I put it out in the ashtray. I'm in my shorts, no shirt, no shoes, no socks, nothing. It's 90 Texas degrees, uniform. Texas uniform. And my the, the singer for the cruise fix gets out of the U-Haul, and I'm looking to the rearview mirror, and I'm seeing him getting hooked up, you know, he's getting, getting arrested. I'm like, oh, no, he's getting arrested. So I go out there, and I say, officer. Please, you know, don't arrest my friend. You know, he's just, next thing you know, I'm up on the hood. Boom, I'm arrested too. So now oh, he's got you this You were U-Haul. asking a favor. Yeah, he thought. <laughs> they were going to take you in he heard, you yeah, he heard, please arrest me too. Please arrest me too. <laughs> I was, he thought we were like stealing this equipment because we had a U-Haul full of equipment. Like, you know, <laughs> tons of, honestly what he thought it was. Before he could even explain this. He didn't even, we weren't even talking about like marijuana or anything. It was just like. I'm out there, like I said, half this naked. This can't be yours. <laughs> now, and this is Selly. This is Selly. He wasn't Selly yet. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't Selly yet. This is how he got the name Selly. This is how he got the name Selly. I just want to paint a picture because I just realized now you're the cops in Texas pull over. Uh, Selly, I met him. Uh, real big. Big. I mean, big. was he big back then? Yeah, yeah. Big, big boy. huge, scary looking Latino man. Bigger like the Samoan <laughs> brothers. Like, yeah, look like yeah. A, Samo- a wild Samoan. <laughs> and, then you, and then you got Chris. The, did you have the tattoos? Uh, no. I okay. probably had maybe one little but you, tattoo. But you still were Italian and you had the New York Italian, accent. long hair. Like <laughs> so I said, no yes. shirt, no shoes, no I, socks, yes. no underwear. So so the Samoan wrestler and the mafia <laughs> guy get pulled over with the trailer full of equipment smoking right. weed. <laughs> right. The cop probably played guitar. He's like, there's two people in this car. There's yeah. two people. There's nine there's guitars. Nine, <laughs> nine, <laughs> nine, <laughs> what is this? This doesn't make sense. There's, oh, there's no so story. True. Yeah, it is true. And then we were like, we swear our friends are behind us. Everybody's coming. But because we were, I took a jump, they weren't. They stayed, you know, they're like a half hour behind us. They did eventually get to us while we were getting arrested. Uh, but they were like, sorry, uh, they're coming with us. And they took us and they impounded all the equipment. Oh, my God. So, uh, you know, the rest wow. of the guys had to had to get the stuff out of impoundment. Me and the singer spent the night. That's where he became Selly. <laughs> because we became Sellies. And that was another scary thing. Again, I'm 19 years old. I'm in, like, south deep corpus. And I get to the fucking jail cell. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. This is exactly what happened. And, again, there's this other Mexican dude there. And I go to walk through the door. And he's got, like, his arm across the door. Like, he's leaning. And he's got this big smile. And he's all happy. He's like, hey, guys, what's going on, man? What's going on? We're like, nothing, nothing. And he's like, is this your first time? And I don't say nothing. Sellies like, yeah. I'm like, oh, Jesus. 
he's like, yeah, it's our first time getting arrested, man. I'm like, uh-oh. We go in, and uh, he goes, hey, come here, man. I got something for you. I got something for me. And we go into, it's only like six stalls. It's like an open section and like the six stalls, but it was all open. There was no like gates on. He goes, yeah, this is for you. And there's all like fruits and like milk and like a little towel. <laughs> I'm like, yo, man. I'm like, what, what are we talking about here? This is no go. He's like, no, I'm dead. This is for you, man. I was like, I, I, I'm good, man. I don't, I don't want that. But it, it honestly turned out it was his last night, and it was like his leftovers. He was just so happy to oh, talk to he people. Was out. He wanted to play <laughs> Monopoly and with cards whatever, all night. Yeah. Oh, boy. He just wanted to talk. He's like, okay. no. But at God. first, you know, I'm like I said, I'm 19 years old. I'm walking in this Mexican is trying to give me apples Gives. and grapes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was nice. Like yeah. breakfast. <laughs> Where's his leading? Yeah. That's like the first rule is you don't accept gifts. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm good, bro. Like, Yo, it's crazy. Bro. Thank you. Wow. Wow. So what? What else going in the jail? I mean. Any other weird stuff? You meet any other weird people? Any other weird encounters in the jail there? Any other apples? Uh, no, that was the co- everybody. We came. We actually became like once they realized we were not weren't criminals and everything. It wasn't because they did find weed under the seat and everything, and they found that. And that was the you know once they found out we weren't stealing the equipment, uh, everything was fine. We got let out the next day. Actually, no, uh, we had to have bail, and that was embarrassing. Again, 19, we had to go to Western Union because we had to use the merch money. Guy Marche can vouch for this. We had to use the merch money to bail us out. It was like, uh, I don't know if it was like $1,000 or whatever it was for the two of us. But they were nowhere near us. So we had a Western Union it. We had the orange jumpsuit and they handcuffed us and walked us to the supermarket. In, oh my in, yeah, in the cuffs, in the flip-flops. To get the Western Union. Oh my God! <laughs> it was wow. all you know. I forgot about There's that. There's no internet back then, so uh, you yeah. want to get Western Union in the flops. Bringing you to you know the formalities of this yep. and that. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah. It was all right. Wow. I'm really happy. Right, Did they let you keep the flip flops? No, I couldn't even keep the picture. I honestly was like, because no. I was like, can I have the picture? He's got a bronze. Because it was a Polaroid, you know. <laughs> we were all friends by the end of the day because it was nothing going on. We were yeah. stealing anything. So so after that, did you come home to New York? Was it like a no? Rap? I missed my flight. Okay. I wound up staying like an extra week. In Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, it, you tried to join the yeah, band. I was yeah. I, seriously, I almost it's like, like almost, yeah, It felt like that with Love the Whataburgers it. and everything. I could I could stay, <laughs> <laughs> but no, no. Uh, came home. I went back again though. And. <laughs> And I mean, what year are we talking now? Probably like ninety. Yeah, ninety-three, ninety-four. All right, Oof. so yeah. ninety-three. So we're talking. What is this? Twenty-five Before years later. <laughs> uh, right, two thousand. Well, two thousand eighteen. We were there, and you saw Selly. I see Selly every time we go through. Yeah, it's that man. type of friendship, man. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he bought the he bought all the merch. You guys yeah. were hanging out. Yeah, man. So I, I mean, I just the you know when we did um and just for the listeners too, if you don't realize, we are Chris Chris's first appearance on this podcast. We did the entire history of Pyrexia. Uh, up until the, you know pretty you know pretty much like a year ago or so, and um, you can you can listen to uh, you know his first um, take on, on on the history between him and Texas and Pyrexia in Texas. But that was another one of the people that came out. We mentioned I, I think her name was Erin, right? The the lady that put us up for the night. Erin, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Aaron. so you know just another one of these Texas characters. I just wanted to ask you about that Selly story, man. And that's uh, just for the listeners too, man. There's a lot of maybe younger musicians getting ready to go out on tour, so you know, watch that weed, man. The the vape really changed the the touring game. Well, this is back. You know? in, listen, this is back when weed was still like reefer madness. Yeah, it's decriminalized <laughs> now, and you're probably going to be much easier and laid back now. But back then, it was you know pretty serious. Um, I like to interject with a weed story that's very quick. Yeah, um, yeah. When uh, Justin and I were on the road, we were touring with. Um, 
was in a first game. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, an autopsy, yeah. Oh, is this the Indiana one? Uh, yeah, where I was, I'm driving on the highway, and uh, I'm the only person who doesn't, no, no, that's not true. Uh, we have two straight-edge guys in the van. They're both real fat guys. <laughs> and um, I, w- I was driving next to a truck, and I was, there was a car got behind me, and I'm in the left lane, so I sped up, and it was a cop, and I didn't recognize it. Nah. It was a vehicle that, you know, I'm from New York, Indiana, it was some other vehicle. Um, guy pulls us over. Um, there are papers on the bench. Yeah, like uh, the easy wires, just like papers. Yeah, just yeah. papers. And, and, and meanwhile, this, this you know, we were, we were young too, we were probably like 18, 17, 18 doing this, and we were using the papers actually to uh, roll two cigarettes together to make the longest cigarette. So when you're driving, <laughs> it wasn't even you, know, you don't want to be bothered with like lighting another cigarette, so you make a really long one. Okay. Yeah. So we we, uh, we get pulled over. The guy sees that. He goes back to his car. And um, our drummer, Joe, he moves the papers. When the guy comes back, he's just like, what's missing here? <laughs> so he he ended up going back to his car and calling a canine unit. And there was about eight other cop cars that pulled up. And uh, they ended up taking out the two straight-edge guys, kind of like strip-searching them. Um, but just those two guys for some reason. <laughs> yeah, so while the rest of us were in, in the van with our hands over our head, you know, don't yeah. move, all it, this kind of shit. Yeah. Hands and, on the gun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, they bring all people to pick a shit ton of resources uh, to, to look at us, and then we end up giving them, like, $20 worth of weed. Okay. And, you know, and they're pressing us. They're like, yeah. you want to bring the dogs? It's like, yeah. well, bring the dogs. Like, we got nothing, you know. <laughs> Uh, but they went away, and it was everyone was uh, the other guys who were smoking in the van were like, uh, they stole our weed, and I was just like, I just got a speeding ticket. <laughs> like, um, either way, you're yeah, not but gonna... they stole our weed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just like, ah, you, you don't understand. It was a whole big to do for nothing. It was yeah. really funny. Like, you know, you pull over this <laughs> this van. Most of the people smoke weed. You take the two straight edge kids out to smoke. <laughs> yeah. So that was a good time. All right. So that's uh, that's enough of our story. Two years. Yeah, um, so let's let's move along back to more interesting. What else you got? Honestly, yeah, your it. prison story is a lot funnier. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a lot worse. Uh, um, all right, well, so we we you know we talked about um, weed weed on the road allegedly. Um, allegedly. Yeah, we yeah we <laughs> this did, is back is you know back in the day nothing now. Yeah, ever. yeah, 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 yeah. No, this this we're talking ancient history. Um, once Daryl Wagner left the scene, I think we he went was out the worst of, influence. He we was doing a fashion and death. I, I, we can all safely say tonight we went out of fashion everything. after serving a mock. It was all Daryl. He, yeah. he was with all the drugs. I think, you know, hatred, anger, disgust. You guys <laughs> said like else? a straight edge hardcore band. Yeah, that hardcore. Well, edge. again, yeah. I keep told you in the last one. You know what happened? Yeah. Everybody back then, there was only one band out in New York, Suffocation. So when Pyrexia came out, it was like, oh, they're selling Suffocation. So you really had to strive to be original back then. So that's what the, that's what happened. Hatred. Yeah. Nowadays you could sound like you know, I could sound like you, and nobody cares. You know. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, any did you you guys ever tour with Suffocation? Yeah, we did. We yeah, did the Carnival of Death. Yeah. Oh, just a few years ago. Yep. Yeah. How was that, man? It was great. Yeah, it was fun times. Well, I mean, because like. What's it no, like bringing Long Island on the road like that? It's good. People that was actually fun as hell. That was uh, us in the town of Bleeding yeah. before I got to play yeah, that was the town of Bleeding, so that I was mean, fun, a lot less responsibility on my ass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the in the underground death metal scene, uh, you know, people regard Suffocation, Pyrexia, and IB as like the, the, you know, the big three trifecta of Long Island that everyone knows and has known since the 90s, man. So, you know, how was that tour to... 
to kind of bring Long Island out to the, to the scene. You know, did you did you see like a lot of like a lot of people familiar with New York, even though you're in like California, you're in Chicago. You know, everyone loves that New York scene. For me, it was fun as hell because I came up in a generation after. You know, I'm not yeah. an originator from any of them. I'm just somebody from the island trying to help everybody <laughs> keep it doing down. it. Holding you it know, down. like you know, so that yeah. was definitely cool to actually get to see both of the bands or all three of the bands anyway go out and really see the love that they get. You know, yeah. it's not actually just your New York love that you see. You know, like that, yeah. that yeah. was cool seeing everybody together. And actually, it was actually awesome to see how much they appreciated seeing how much love we had. You know, when yeah. the three bands went to go out and tour like that together, they they really did love seeing you know the three of them together like that. That was awesome. Yeah, well, people do love Pyrexia. Um, I, I I noticed that you know from when, when we when I was out on the road with the band is that there's always those hardcore fans that come out and you know pe- yeah. people are ready to get right up on stage when you invite them up on stage. You know what oh, I mean? Absolutely. And, and all that. <laughs> They're out there, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. So um, well, I mean, let's go back, man. What about tour stories? Because I want to kind of stay on. Is there anything else that's happened on the road? Uh, you know, maybe not just legal situations, man. Maybe you know, maybe somebody had too much to drink. We gotta tell him the Chinook story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, like you guys know what I'm getting. That was you guys, the last story. You guys know the stories. You got like a that couple of stories. <laughs> you got the this story, the that story. What's up? That's great. All right, all right. Not, go ahead. The Chinook story. What, that was what is us, this? bro. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, we were every night on the last tour with the us pathology cranium. We were all just getting pretty much trashed every night. Nobody had any responsibility to drive. So once we got back into the bus, nobody really drank all their bottles and everything from the show time. So everybody got wrecked on the bus. This is in Europe, and, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the for the most Euro part, run. me, Sean, and uh, Obi from Pathology were like on Dawn Patrol. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. We couldn't, couldn't adjust <laughs> to, the, to the time difference. So we stayed on our own time zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we made it work. <laughs> But the, there was one night where we, uh, obviously, you know, wrecked, stopping at every truck stop and whatnot, but we got to the venue, and uh, I guess we assumed nobody saw us get out of the bus, and the bus had we stopped for, bus like... smoke something, I don't know what happened, but we got out of the bus, <laughs> and bus it was, we, I, we knew we were at the venue, I think we saw the sign on the venue, we were like, alright, we're at the spot, right, and the bus stops, out. yeah, and the out. three of us get out, <laughs> and sure enough... The door's open of the bus, and we're standing out there, and we start smoking. Uh, you can take <laughs> all of a sudden the bus starts moving like alright we're like we're in the wrong spot the bus is moving so we start fucking like running after the bus <laughs> we're lit off our asses and we go like it's like a helicopter taking off in Vietnam that's why we call it the it's Chinook the last one <laughs> the, Chin- <laughs> the Chinook taking is off we're running <laughs> they don't know we're out they here they don't know we're out here we're gonna be stuck <laughs> we open the, the door ourselves <laughs> we should have done that so we did the we way run. we ran through this damn bus we jump on this fucking thing we throw this Throwing weed out and everything, we jump on this thing. We're like, go, 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 go! <laughs> the bus moved piling like, on top, piling on top of each other. Yeah, we were like hurting each other. Like, get up, go, hurry up! The thing stopped like four feet up. The guy was just like, was adjusting. Just, like yeah, parallel parking. <laughs> 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 so you guys, we all dove head first yeah. into the bus, <laughs> like it was taking off. <laughs> the bus is leaving. <laughs> we jump on this thing, the thing stops. Like, uh, <laughs> you see the air, air brakes go again, and it's yeah. like, oh, that was it. Uh, all right. The world is on top of each other <laughs> in the doorway in a bus. <laughs> All our legs sticking out. <laughs> and one other thing that sticks out in my mind was that one night we, we meet again. The three of us are up, and uh, Alex Cohen, great drummer, 
was on tour with us, and he was our drummer. And he was sleeping upstairs, and he had to come downstairs to go to the bathroom. And the three of us, like, way in the corner, like, with, like, piles one, of One piles. light in the lounge. One dim, 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 real <laughs> dim light on us. And he's trying to go to the bathroom, and we're like, Alex. <laughs> come here. Come here, Alex. <laughs> and Alex looked like he saw a ghost. And Alex ran so fast up the stairs. He didn't want to come nowhere near us. <laughs> he wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> so, uh, while we're talking about uh, being on the road in Europe, man, I know you guys had a real good time over there the last time. You formed a bond with the other bands, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, so, in Europe, maybe just talk a little bit about what's different. Uh, for, for people who've never been to Europe, younger bands, even just listeners who are interested, what's the, what's the big differences when you go to Europe compared to the States? Because I know one of them is that they hook you up with more beer, right? Uh, as far as being in a band traveling over there, yeah, they definitely cater to you more. They have more of a, an arts scene over there that they they definitely want to see it thrive. And if you're coming over there as a musician of any form, they really want to make sure you're comfortable and able to do lots your job while you're over there. <laughs> you lots of Which, to me, means yes. They know what Whiskey I mean. and beer is like way more paramount than a good I'm meal easy. for them. They're big on the paprika chips. <laughs> they, they definitely keep you full of You will go chips. play a show, there'll right. be like five cases of hot beer and paprika chips. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but then they'll give you a fridge. And you yeah, can, there's a fridge you, you somewhere. Cold, you fridge your own beer. You get yeah. it cold. But, uh, it's on yeah. you. It's on you. <laughs> a lot of vegans. Heavy vegans. Yeah. Really? Heavy yeah. vegans. Yes, yeah. I wouldn't think that. Oh, they, they're in Europe. So. I mean, I, no, it's yeah. I it was we way, were the be, way before. Nah, way before us. We really? made a, we made a fad out of it. Yeah, I feel no, like they're serious. They're very over there angry about just, it. They're dying. <laughs> they, really? Yeah. They didn't make a fad out of it. They were always just eating that because that's in what Germany they were especially. Into. <laughs> yeah, this is normal. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, was like, oh no, I don't not eat meat. Not cranium. Cranium would get angry because every time he would get, he would. Matt would debate it. He would be like, I'll give me steak, you know? And then he'd be like, mm. you know, where is my meat? I would be upset if I found out Cranium were a bunch of vegans. They're not. Yeah, they good. are not. I'm glad you uh, said Actually, I'm Toby, sure Toby, their drummer, the was, is uh, a serious, yeah, serious vegan. Yeah, wow. Serious oh, man. Vegan. Yes. <laughs> and no, he's, that... Swiss. He's, he's from Switzerland. Okay. No, vegan love. I'm just, I'm just sticking around, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're no, New Yorkers. Not we like our bacon. Matt's... We like our ham sandwiches. <laughs> they were joking around uh, for their American tour because they kept, Matt's kept po- posting pictures like Arby's, I love the bacon, you know, beef and cheddar, this, and like people that knew their drum were like, oh, you know, took like, Tobias was <laughs> where died. Is he? Where is he? He's not in any of the pictures. He's <laughs> curled up somewhere like looking for lettuce because, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, they don't, they don't cater. Yes, uh, that's my new band. I'll tell you another thing. No, that's it. That's it too, man. If you if you're really into that lifestyle from over there, I couldn't imagine coming over here. You got to know it's like a niche thing, and there's like certain key places to go to. Once you get outside the the cities, yeah, right. I couldn't imagine. I'll give you a quick story. Do you guys know uh, internal suffering? Right? Yeah. I'm not Colombia. Yeah, I'm not sure this guy Makoto wasn't a permanent member, but he did do an album. uh, I'll just tell you Makoto's story. For the <laughs> listeners, we spoke about internal suffering and how they were in New York for a period of time on our Ping 2 episode just recently with Paulo and Dan. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, internal suffering, Colombian death metal band, relocated to New York in the early 2000s. Makoto, 
Um, an Asian man. Yes. Don't know where he was from, from Japan, originally. Japan. Japan. Okay. Uh, excellent musician, and Very. he kind of was living in New York for a while and yep. subbing in for a lot of bands, including yep. Pyrexia at one point, yep. right? Yep. So okay, so go on. I just wanted to brief the listeners. So this mm-hmm. is tour. All right. He he did in 2007 for Age of the Wicked. Makoto, who was uh, working with Eternal Suffering at the time, uh, lived in Queens. Uh, said he would you know play bass, and he's a phenomenal guitar player, but he's going to play bass with us on on the road. So. This is, I hate to interrupt, but this is also one of the first stories I heard when I joined the band back in the day. And I, wow, this one must be I love McCoy. This is all with love. Like, Absolutely. But, especially when I tell you when I find but out how long Because I can here. relate. I know what it's like to travel randomly beat up for the band. So I meet him, and uh, we're talking on the phone, I think, because I still think in 2007. I mean, I'm sure it was internet. I don't think it was still hot, though. You know what I'm saying? I might have been texting. And he was going to meet me at uh, Rock Conquer train station. Gonna take the train out from the city, bring his guitar, and I don't know if he was gonna stay the night, but he had bags with him and his guitar and a lot of stuff. And he gets to the train station, and I'm I'm waiting for him. He comes out of the train, he's like, "Oh, hello, uh, good to see you," you know. And he comes out of the train, and with that, the train doors close, and it takes off. He's like, "Oh, fuck!" And that was it. His guitar, all his oh, luggage, no. everything <laughs> went went back to Penn Station. Oh, <laughs> you know? oh my god. So it was like a mad, like, you know, uh, whodunit. Like, we had to, like, track down these <laughs> stuff. And, you know? So, again, I'm like, all right, this is new age. You know, he's from Japan. He's new around here. You know, might not, he doesn't understand the ways of America. So, maybe in Japan, trains, they were saying, excuse me, so they're a lot more polite. They would never take off. Maybe they give you a minute. Right. Yeah, I don't know. So I said, maybe, you know, he's from Japan. He's new here. You know, he doesn't know the ways of America yet. <laughs> so his train goes, and so we didn't jam that day. He had, you know, he just went and got his stuff, whatever. Did he, so, he, did he end up getting it all back? Eventually, yes. It went to Penn Station, <laughs> and he had, there was a lost and found, and he got, Great. He got okay. that oh, amazing. Okay. And uh, he had, oh, the only thing that he didn't get yeah, was really, really, really expensive $300 sunglasses that over the tour he probably had, he lost about four times. And replaced <laughs> about four times. Wow. Those must be great glasses. You find well, a pair, man. That's right, it. You gotta stick his. with it. Yeah, wow. So he eventually does the tour, and he's with us. And every time we go get something to eat, he'd be like, "Oh, a noodle, a noodle. They have a noodle here." And we'd be pulling up the Burger King. I'm like, "Nah, man, no noodles here." And then we go to McDonald's. He'd be like, "Oh, oh, a noodle." I'm like, "Ah, sorry, brother, no noodles here, man." And this is like the whole tour, the whole tour. So as you're on tour with somebody, you get to know know people, you know. I found out my man's here for seven years. <laughs> I said, you don't know Burger King don't have noodles, bro? <laughs> you, don't, you don't know McDonald's don't have noodles? But his nickname became the Brutal Noodle. And, uh, the uh, and so this guy, but he came from, like, Colombia, though, right? No, Japan. No, but you said before, like, uh, no, internal more, suffering. Okay, internal suffering, yes. Right. Uh, internal, internal suffering moved uh, to the United States from Colombia. Right. Um, During that period, right? And uh, Makoto came from Japan to New York. And oh, okay. They, inter- met, they met in New York. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So in- Internal Suffering was an extremely international band, especially during the 2000s. That's why, I, honestly, in the early days, I used to get them confused with Immortal Suffering because they were birthed out of like, the same area. And I was yeah, like, oh, those right. are the guys from Queens? That's, yeah. And I would, you know. Mm-hmm. Several Latino uh, members of Immortal Suffering, too. You yep. know what I mean? It's yep. like, yeah, it's, you know, the names. Mm-hmm. And then you had Internal Bleeding playing shows. So you had Internal Bleeding, Internal Suffering. And immortal suffering, and, immor- and, and you actually Jumbling had immortal to flesh. Yeah. Shout out to Ralph uh, from Immortal Flesh. All in, all in Brooklyn and Long Island and Queens at the same time. Yeah, like all possible angles of it, man. So, you know, um, all right, man. Well, I, what I was trying to get at before, 
let's just talk uh, respectfully. Um, you know, you guys are uh, you guys are grown men. You were young men, uh, you know, touring. And um, uh, what was going on with the ladies on tour? Any cautionary tales? Any advice for uh, younger artists? Anything like that? I tell you, I we toured with a, a younger. I won't mention any names, but you were with me, Will. We we toured with a younger uh, gentleman. Yes. And he was yeah. Snapchatting away and you know, whatever he was doing, and he was having different uh, girls meet him at different clubs that he would just meet, you know, saying, I'm coming to town. Almost every yeah. night. Almost every, every night. Every stop, yeah. Through, this, this, yeah. this social yeah. media yeah. game with the younger people is amazing. Well, I, I suppose I, I, I couldn't say anything bad about that. If that's what you're trying to do, that's fine. Just don't yeah. bring your band members. No, but somebody made the point then. Now you're locked in with this person, and what if you don't like her? Yeah, for the rest of the night. For the rest of the there. night. Do you, do you feel like, um, you know, maybe it was a good thing, like, when you were younger, touring... That you didn't have Tinder on your phone? No, I would have rather had social media as a child. Would have taken advantage. I mean, look, I, I feel like I, I missed out on social media. I, I can't think of anything like more uh, like like stressful, you know, in terms of like 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 meeting or hanging out with with a woman I'm interested in for the first time than doing it on a day when I'm also at a place where I'm going to be performing. In, in like an hour or two, because you know what I mean. Like you, you got every you, you, you got your band there. You're trying to make sure you're on point. You're trying. To, you know what I mean, man. Like, you, like I'm all sweaty. I'm out of breath. Uh, you, you know what, what I mean, man. Yeah. Like I'm networking with different people yes. that I haven't seen in a while. But man. Whenever like, you bring, that's why it's always tough. I, I never knew how to deal with uh, what. What do you do if you are dating or married? Do you bring your significant other to that uh, environment if they're not? Uh, mature enough or understand enough that you're not going to be giving them their f the full attention that night. They're basically going to be uh, there to support you in a, in, a, in a capacity where you're not going to give them any attention. You, uh, you yeah. need to put a fund aside if you're going to bring a woman on tour. Well, on tour. I'm not even talking about I'm saying a no, show. No, yeah. Tour, the rest of the band would kill you. Yeah. I'm saying if you were to go as far as to do that, you have to put a fund aside. Where you know it's like you calculate the furthest distance you are from your house. How much you, it would cost? How much it would cost in that moment to fly her home? No, no, you just really it's can't mix the two. It's, yeah, it's, that uh, doesn't work. I'm not either. saying a show. <laughs> that doesn't work. Or, but you're responsible not, for it. But a tour. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's on unless you, you can man. afford to have your you own uh, RV with you and your uh, significant other. You can't impose that on four. Yeah, that's people. it. And a tour impose that on uh, twenty other people. It's already tight. I think we should just shout out like any girlfriend or wife of a member in a band who has just eaten shit, like be yeah. ignored yeah, at the yeah, show. Of course, yeah. God bless them. Y'all are tough. Oh, yep. Good, and like good army on wives. You. you guys should have like a little show, like army wives, like metal wives. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are we are talking to a few. Um, uh, women behind the scenes who have contributed to the metal scene in, in, uh, in different ways, creatively and otherwise. Um, so we are trying to represent that part of the demographic as well. We're not just trying to be a sausage party, so to speak. <laughs> no, no. I, I should have phrased what I said differently. I mean, I, I mean to say significant other. Yeah. yeah. For, forgive go my, both ways. Forgive my Long Island uh, vernacular. Don't go both so, ways. But so, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen, guys. So, um, we're, we, you mentioned something, man, and thank you for bringing it up. Let's talk about this. Uh, just for any of the listeners who are unclear, is it a good move to bring your girlfriend on tour in the tour tour van or tour bus with with, with the rest of your, your 
band members. You know it's, you know it's not. Come on. That's the Yoko Ono. Right? <laughs> Come on, man. You, you, no right, matter how much guys. you love the other person, nope. it's not right for the rest of the uh, rest of the band. The only way I see that working is if you had five guys or four guys or three guys that had three wives and they had like a wives club and you guys all decided we want to bring our wives. Then yes. Uh, but was, the movie Rock Star say with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Now I, I gotta admit I've seen situations where a, a band member has brought their <coughs> girlfriend on the, on tour in the van, and it's just been like that total kind of train wreck situation, and there's drama between them, and you're trapped in the van with the four dudes who are trying to not even like pay yep. attention. It's weird, you know, it's an extra person, and it's weird. I have also seen one band I know in particular where the the one band members I'm not gonna say them just to put them on the on blast, but the one band member's girlfriend who he's now married to. Pretty much functions as the merch person, extra driver. If that happens um, organically, there's nothing and, against yeah, it. That's, that, 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 she, well, that's just I'm not against it. That's a yeah, blessing. No, yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm just making the point that there's <clears throat> that exception to the rule sure. because look, we've all we all know that that is probably more often the case that a young, inexperienced band. There's the one guy that brings his girl <clears throat> on tour and she thinks it's like a, a vacation and he's trying to make it like a little. Just to just to elaborate what you were saying, uh, you know, being on the road as fucking hilarious as it is and as fun as it is, you're there to do a job, right? Yeah. So everybody yeah. who's, you know, wasting as much gas as you are, like, in the van, has to be contributing. Yeah, to just say, so yeah, if exactly. it's a full-on tour, yeah. if it's over a few weeks or something, and you, you know, like it's a full-on tour, then, yeah. An then overnight no trip. Just have extras, an overnight trip is fine. No point. Uh, it's just you know, that's something. You tell the guys, listen, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, I want to have this weekend, and that's, you know, that's totally acceptable you know it makes perfect sense yeah, yeah but as the regular like yo guys unless again that that's a really sweet situation with the uh, merch and everybody gets along and mm. no drama god bless man organic so everything has to happen naturally yeah yeah, yeah fair enough fair yeah. enough man what, what what about um you know i don't i don't want to say i don't know but maybe uh yeah, I'm. There's. I'm sure there's a chemistry for everyone where that would work. It's just you know, much like anything with relationships, it's hard to find that. Situation. It's all of the nuances. Yeah. You know, yes. there's no over. There's no overarching rule of this shit. Okay, but you must be aware yeah. Yeah. that this bad things can happen. Well, As a general thing, you would say you wouldn't bring uh, your girlfriend into the situation without some kind of organic thing happening where everybody's like, "Yeah, we love this girl." Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or or if you're one of those people who finds a situation where you're dating a, a woman, or or you're a woman dating a man, and you're both in involved in the same music scene. Because shout out to all the female musicians. Well, that's in it. Death, I think metal maybe and we haven't made enough for the right girls that, yeah, like, you know, that yes. like this music. Or, or if you're a woman who just loves hauling cabs around, <clears throat> <That's> gotta, like, <laughs> this is what you gotta do. You gotta lift yeah. the cabs. You gotta put them Some, in. Sometimes I see that the the, uh, the girls gotta come along every once in a while just to see what it's like that the guy is doing. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, and, uh, and then they just kind of come backstage and realize we're really just back there getting yes. wrecked, having pizza. That has show <laughs> and it's just stage, a, uh, right. and like that is dirty and that, that. you don't want to be. <laughs> we're just here waiting. Really, <laughs> we're just but they're expecting us to do much worse shit, <laughs> honestly, half the time. But a lot well, of time I notice that's kind of why they're around. That's a really good point, though. It's, it's just like, like, hey, it's a transparency. It sounds like you're having a wild time with your friends. I've seen Rockstar with This is the wild time. I mean, do I make it sound better than this? It's a great point, you know? Allegedly smoking bowls in the basement of St. Vitus. But let me pose this question to you then. What about dating? Do you look for, you know, do you look for somebody in the metal scene, or do you look for somebody outside of the metal scene? Um, and what what about bringing someone who has no knowledge of death metal that you met into the death metal scene? I mean, you've seen that happen if you haven't experienced it, right? In all those situations. I, 
What, what, well, what's yeah, the best? Absolutely. What's the worst? What's up? Personally, at this point, conversation. If you can find anybody that just <laughs> fucking can hold down some decent conversation. Yeah, right? That's more important than anything, man. Yeah. Okay, fair enough, man. You know, if, I can, if it can be through my metal scene, like, hey, more power too. But, yeah, yeah. It's fuck. definitely more of a understanding. Mm-hmm. I don't need, like, you know, my girlfriend, per- she is not into this music at all. Yes. But she is, She every time I tell her I'm going to a show, every time I'm buying tickets to a show, and she asked me, you think I would have fun at that? And sometimes I say yes, <laughs> and sometimes I say no. Like, you know, sometimes... You try to I, picture the atmosphere that's yeah, going to be there. A couple weeks ago, we went to go <laughs> saw, uh, see Dying Fetus at AMH. I was just like, you're not going to like this. <laughs> and, just like, okay. and she totally understands. Yeah, like, she gets a, it, though. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. Yeah, I brought her a few shows, but yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's the understanding of it. Like, what, what do we like about it? They don't need to agree... And when I say they, I mean a significant other. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, they don't need to agree. They just have to understand that that's what okay. you're into. And most okay. of the time, it's not wild shit. I have to say, music. this is all going. This all means you're almost assuming the girl doesn't like death metal. If she loves death metal, it changes the equation a thousand percent. Probably. Absolutely, but well, the populace does not like death metal. That's, that's the problem. No, I can't find men that like death metal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> find women that like death. That's metal. my question, though. <laughs> And one thing I do notice with the younger generation coming up now is there are a lot more young women at shows in their late teens, no, early absolutely. 20s. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and maybe it's a lot more prevalent with, with the, the younger generation yeah. than with, with our generation, you know what I mean? Um, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I've actually heard uh, people of, of both sexes uh, say, you know, like like reference something like, like yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I, I don't want to date in the metal scene anymore. And and these are people that are like embedded in the metal scene because it's a very small insular community. Everyone knows everyone now with Facebook and Twitter and all this stuff. Everybody's connected to everybody. Some people say, you know, it's kind of like I don't, I, uh, uh, I want to leave it at the office. You know what I mean? Like, because you don't want to date somebody and they know everybody else in your circle and things like that. Like that's that's part of it too. You know what I mean? Like I you could, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that that um. Uh, they they might get meet hook up and then they they split off and then there's like you know you, they expect people to pick sides and it gets weird like that you know I don't know so some people yeah. say that they'd be better off just looking outside of the metal scene you know I don't know it's all jeez well, I mean, man I didn't yeah, have to I had to consider that man <laughs> well, that's, I'm just saying this, no the this fuck, is something man we, my anxiety's of, back we, I'm sorry this is my anxiety my anxiety of spreading the whole other realm I had to focus on fuck <laughs> all right look you guys I didn't bring you guys on as relationship experts I apologize Dr Drew over here we kind of that Dr yeah I'm a, what's the just guy mixed two girls the I Dr. was talking Phil, yeah. to my, my girl. <laughs> girlfriend was at the Dying Fetus show, so, uh... She's your girlfriend listens to Dying Fetus. He's saying his girlfriend's better than yours. Oh. <laughs> I'm not saying he that. Was I'm not saying that. Oh. <laughs> think everybody... Well, she's the best fight, ever. Fight, yeah. Fight. yeah, yeah, yes, you are saying Arizona, that. Arizona, yes, you are saying that. Love so much. Thanks for coming to Dying Fetus. We had yeah. a great time. It's if, good. If you are, or if you're not saying that, that's cool, because I get to But did she enjoy herself? Yeah, right. But did she enjoy herself? More than I did, because I just want to go home, man. I just want to get out some tacos and shit. I love dying fetus, but I get it. You know, it's too hot, right? like hungry. So. <laughs> all right, all right, guys. Well, guys, so we went off on a big tangent. It started out, I was asking you guys about do's and don'ts of hooking up with people on the road, and we went on a relationship talk. But, you know, at the same time, I think it's important, you, you know, I, we, Bring it back to yeah. obviously always make your friends. Yeah, you know, if okay. you connect with somebody, geez, why not? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Everything's yeah, fair organic. Enough. 
Every yeah, every Chris with everything's organic. That's okay, it, man. So all right, so moving on from that, um, we'll leave it alone, man. You know, I don't want to put you guys on the pressure cooker with that anymore. <laughs> um, something that that Justin, Tom, and I did on our first tour episode. Could you each maybe give like what what would you recommend someone somebody's never been on tour first time in their life? What do you bring on tour? What's your little like reminder list? Uh, wet wet wipes. Yeah, dude. Yep. Yeah, wet wipes. Baby That's wipes. Baby wipes. <laughs> Absolutely. Get yourself some baby wipes. A number one. Not the cheap ones. You don't want to be the one borrowing baby <laughs> yeah, wipes. Right. Don't cheap out. Get your own. We call them one wipe Charlies in artificial brain. <laughs> there you go. You need those. Yeah. We call them uh, shit tickets with uh, a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, It can become currency, man, if somebody doesn't yep. have it. So currency. <laughs> that becomes currency. Is that what you did shit? in jail? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But tour, tour is kind of like jail rules, man. They Absolutely, apply. it is a cell block. <laughs> what do you man? got? Submarine rules, <laughs> the man. Curtain opens up. So what do you got over there? Man? What do you I got, need? I got half I got an apple two oranges. Over. Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> well, I got a warm beer. Right. <laughs> so, well, yeah. you want to eat or you want to get fucked up? <laughs> what do you need? Okay, so wet wipes. Number one. Right, well, give me your apple. I'll Maybe you uh, do some uh, emergency. <laughs> Can't ever hurt because you're gonna yeah. be in close quarters. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it works for some re- It works because you believe it. It's a, even you if it's psychological, I can't believe it. Take that Wait. shit on top. Wait, what? What did you say, Sean? Sorry. Airborne, emergencies, ICAM, all those yeah. uh, vitamin C boosters. Definitely yeah. take them on the road. But yeah, so fucking worth it. Not being sick. The gummy sick. ones, I recommend because <laughs> every morning we you were can wake very up, sick on that and, not, tour, on and that just eat a couple of gummies. Bones, no, you got your vitamin C. We had a bad itis. Yeah. Usually goes around. Yeah, Let's talk about getting it's sick on tour the road. <laughs> yeah, man. Who's gotten really sick on me. tour, man? Me. I've, well, I've, when you do a bus tour, that's yeah. all, at some point in the fucking bus tour, some asshole gets <laughs> sick. Lex <laughs> got sick. You right just off the on bat. the fucking bus. You're in a fucking submarine. That door closes and the air goes <laughs> on and just pumps it in everybody's face. Yeah. Everybody's Steam. breathing in each other's face. Lex had no way around it. The dude. Uh, you hear him cough in the distance. You know you already. Got Andre it. Yeah. from yeah. Epicardiectomy. Uh, his parents were doctors, mm. so he had like a whole case of fucking antibiotics and he was giving me cow's milk and a pill but it was from the first cow before the cow came this is what he told me he said he goes I tell you uh, you know the vegetarians don't like this people from uh, other countries uh, this is the, from the milk before when the mother's supposed to give it to the calf it goes into this pill before it goes to the calf I said alright you know, we're just taking all kinds of because Lex was laid out for a couple of days he had some kind of actually yeah it was him yeah that kind of scared everybody (laughs) (laughs) and then everybody kept blaming him because they were getting sick they're like I got that Lex thing (laughs) (laughs) which I will give it to him he played every night man oh that's fucking played every night everybody knows that though like they say the show must go on that is so such a fact well I've been on tours where a a show was missed because the drummer got sick so shout out to Alex for holding it down man that does happen for that one man for having like you know the worst illness of the tour (laughs) Joe, uh, I'm Joe, our drummer, Tom. Yeah. Um, we were we were in tour. Uh, we finished a show in Oklahoma. We were drummed to the next show, and uh, the next morning, Joe had he suffered from sciatica, right? So he woke oh, yeah. up with terrible oh, lower back pain, and he's sleeping in the van. So yeah. he wakes up and he's like, "I can't walk." Brother, well, you can't play double kick, yeah, brother. We need walk. you, brother. We need you to walk you a little bit more than walk. Yeah. So, uh, so we ended up. We <laughs> ended up running, fu- sitting down. Actually, if you can <laughs> run, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had had a back surgery when he was younger too. Like his uh, back had yeah. been 
fucked up a few times throughout his life. So uh, when he said like, "Oh, we, like, I can't move," we were like, uh, "We we're believe you." Yeah. We believe like, you. you know, uh, uh. So we, uh, we had this issue. We found a hospital man, and uh, he he went in. He got an epidural. Whoa! And we wow. drove four hours to the next show, and he couldn't play that night. Show went on. Just wow. really went on. He's a wow. goddamn warrior. Man. Yeah, he's he's a serious trooper. That guy fucking works. Nice. I'll give a shout out to Joe Freeman's I'm going to give a shout out to Quilladario. He'll love it because he's such a ham. Uh, he doesn't even know what that means when I call him a ham. He doesn't get it. <laughs> what am I, Black Forest? Yeah. What am I? What am I, what am I, what am I yeah. Honey Maple, what are you saying? <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, he's got two fake hips. And you're talking about, uh, this is Ryan yeah. Hilario, who's yeah. now playing drums for Pyrexia. Cymbals. He plays yeah. cymbals, drums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He used to play in uh, Necroptic Engorgement, right? Still does? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he doesn't play in there right. anymore. Okay, okay, man. Just catching up. But yeah, Ryan Hilario. Yeah, he... Uh, what What was it? Was it an accident? Car accident? I think car accident, yeah. Car accident, yeah, wow. yeah. Shit. Yeah. Guy got his hip We actually replaced. did a whole video about his recovery. It's going to be posted up soon. Yeah, oh, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see that, actually. I heard it was a bad escalator accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got caught in the track. That quill do it to you every quill. time. He just wrecked his car. He just wrecked his car. Wow. Oh, yep. No. And tell me how, because know, he was the third person. He said he was checking Waze. Uh, he was the third person <laughs> well, in a three-car uh, Can we pilot. bust his balls here? Because we haven't sure. gotten the bust his balls I busted in him a little yet. today on a FaceTime. because he was. Well, he didn't make it to practice because he fucking wrecked his car. he wrecked his car. I feel bad. The how do you wreck your car the third guy in the pilot? You really yeah. weren't paying attention. Wow. Well, we... Yeah. We, oh, uh... <laughs> We might edit that out. We might not, man. Shout out to Ryan Hilario. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad you're okay, brother. Uh, <laughs> so, what, well, one thing I would add is Saturday. You guys, you guys are talking. <laughs> you guys said you know bringing uh, um, the, the you know medication or whatever, man. Uh, Quill. And I and you talked about the bad back. I I uh, last tour we were on with Artificial Brain. I went to the store. I said, "Fuck this!" And I bought these Doctor Scholl's foot pads. I got the biggest, thickest ones I could get, nice. and I stuffed them down in my my big ass uh, uncle uh, New Balances, <laughs> the ones, the ones those, that your uncle wears. Yeah, those Uncle Buck Six. The, the yeah, big, the big, exactly. thick White New Balances. With the blue end. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I gotta say, it makes all the difference because sometimes you know you're on tour, you're loading in gear up and down flights of stairs. Yeah, you're, you're walking a lot. You're walking, you know, six blocks because that's you don't realize. Place to get food sometimes. You never know. You're gonna you can't walk park. a lot. Yeah, man. The and one I, time, the one time I've been with Sean for many, many years. The one time I've never, me and him have never gotten loud with each other ever, <laughs> ever. But once. When it was over parking, remember it was with yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Once and it was parking. It was because we in parked Texas. in Texas. In Texas, we parked too. where supposedly the tour bus was supposed to park, and I was like, "I'm not moving that van." And Chill was like, "We have to." I was like, no, I know. Well, now nowadays, I know. You know, why the fuck did I even never? <laughs> I didn't care. It was over parking. I never ever. <laughs> Yo, that's sick. I'm sorry too, even man. You know, one time I hate it because I wish it was never. Because but it was sick. But Sean yelled at me, sick. He was like, oh, what do you want me to do? I'll run this thing into a wall. That was the same place people were asking you for money all day. Parking uh, will. That was already. That was Austin. Austin. Parking will divide the best of friends. We had a spot. We got there purposely because that's another thing. A tour. Oh, you want to know a very big thing? Get there on time when load-ins at four. Especially if you have equipment, get there at four. Otherwise, yeah. everybody else is waiting for you. Nah. Or yeah. 
you're going to get a bad parking spot. So <laughs> not only we got there got early, you bring we got there so early, we got the prime spot. Away. And like, oh, you got to move because the bus is coming in. What? <laughs> you know? And now, after waiting all day, now there's it took no us spots. Day to get that spot. Right, now yeah, there's no spots. Because now it's like nighttime. Because the bus early. got there like five hours late, like and right before the show. Up. <laughs> Everybody's there. Yeah. The whole the club is full. Everybody regulars there. And now hey, I'm Yoni supposed to find a spot to find for the In band. the middle of the intersection. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let me. All right, so we, we listed a couple of things to bring on tour, but you just remind me something. Like, because uh, what you're talking about, being there for loading on time, yes. this is the tour buses, parking spot, not yours. These are things you run into when you do these package tours True. Yeah, a lot absolutely. of the time. Yeah. What about if uh, the, the, the the songs are all over, there's three bands waiting to get on stage, and you guys are just taking your sweet time having a tea party, wrapping up your gear and your drums? No, we know that's a no-no. Come yeah, on. man, come on. Work together <laughs> like a team, well machine, yeah. you know what Yeah, I'm just saying? get the shit... First of I all, I do have to say on most of the tours I've been on, I've always lucked well, out. Well, that's with it. Luckily, yeah. with the tours. But if you're going to even a local show, yeah. if it's no one else is doing it, uh, step up and you know set the tone. Well, here's the thing: if it's on the package tour, even if somebody does maybe is inexperienced or whatever, after the first night or two, it's not going to be it. an issue because yeah, you're going to you address it. it. Yeah. But yeah. there, there, what I've seen is that sometimes it'll be a local band who is inexperienced mm. and doesn't realize, oh, well, there's three other bands, there's a curfew at this venue. You know right. what I mean? If you're and on a package tour, yeah. then it's really your tour manager. Tour manager. I was going to say, the, the, the TM steps something. in, yep. You know, like, mm-hmm. yep. And you don't want to be, be the one to fucking... You, know, you remember <laughs> how stressed out... Look. Shout out to Alex, man, yeah. how stressed out yeah. he yeah. was, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's tour managing... Tour managing is a special job, man. That's Listen, a, yeah, have a lot yeah. of anxiety and stress to deal with. A lot of people out there like to do two things if they're not in the band. And I appreciate it, I guess, because you need somebody to do it. But people that want to get involved, they do two things. They say they want to promote shows and they want to be tour managers. And those are the two thankless jobs in the world. Like, <laughs> it really you know, is. To do tour manager. That's why I was always nice to Alex. And I always am to every tour manager, like even Ricardo, man. man because and that's out everybody, especially if there's three bands, that means 15, 20 people coming to them with these problems. Oh, Where's God, my food? Mm-hmm. Where's my <laughs> I need a mic cord? I need this, shitty. I need yeah. that. Yeah. And then, and yeah. especially the newer bands think they're rock stars and they're giving the fucking tour manager heat. You know, I'm supposed where's this and that. Mm. And the tour manager usually wants to just, you know, uh, please. So they run around and that's just, uh, that's tough. No thanks. Yeah. God yeah, bless man. all of them out there. That do. Shout out to uh, Patrick Farley, uh, merch guy, tour manager. Sure. Special, special type. Two jobs. So, well, let me ask you this, too, about touring. Have you ever been in a situation, or I mean, you know, even maybe just back in the day, Long Island shows, I don't know, where things got physical on the road, uh, maybe band members ran into people who were just, you know, regular civilians somewhere. You ever been in a situation where things turned a little violent somehow? Thank God for the most mm-hmm. part. For myself, not, not crazy. Mm-hmm. Back in the old... Revo days and there was like eh. <laughs> there, uh, were, there was clicks back then nothing to write you know, well, like in like the, the early 2000s the and things like that yeah, uh, well, we would death metal, well, but crazy. I mean, I guess we were in that scene, though. No? Oh, Revenants yeah. without remorse, really yeah. Yeah. going yeah. back and forth, doing a lot of shit together. Uh, Waking the Cadaver obviously had a lot of beef <laughs> with fucking <laughs> the scene kids, and we did a lot of shit with them. And uh, yeah, no, we definitely ran into a lot of crowds that I wish it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and shows that weren't worth fucking traveling out of your way to go play. Things break but, out uh, at shows, like fights break out yeah, at shows. Yeah, shit like stuff. that, where it was like they just had clicks back in the day where uh, we were just musicians and uh, they just considered all of our musics different and the kids that listened to the shit 
just were not the same, but they would just book us all fucking together and just have their own all-out fucking riots, and it was it was silly. You but. talking Long Island? Revolution? Or are you talking uh, out the, of state? Kind of the tri-state area really yeah, was doing yeah. it with all of the tri-state bands shout that had their separate cliques, man. Shout out to New they Jersey. Really, <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah, shout out to New Jersey. Jersey, man. Connecticut. Yeah. New York. They really were just putting all their bands up against one another yeah. <laughs> with their own local cliques. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Wow, man. It was kind of a fun live scene. I'm glad I did it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I really made some great fucking family out of that. Yeah. But, you know, it was silly. It really was silly. Sometimes there were some serious fucking fights and shitload of ambulances and hospital visits for, wow. for music. <laughs> you know, yeah, like what? kids trying to just, you know, dance harder, I guess, than the other town's kids. <laughs> Without naming names, maybe, or places, but what what would right. you say is, like, the craziest thing, maybe the most violent thing you've seen take place at one of these show fights? Me, I have, uh, it always comes, anybody in Revenants or Without Remorse would tell you it comes back to a tour that I did with Revenants and Partisan Turbine and Implosive Disgorgence. And we, the last night of the tour was Hartford, Connecticut, I believe. And it was in, like, a, a pizza parlor that was, like, just turning into a, a bar or a club or something. It, it was tiny. It was tiny. And, uh, I guess we were, that's where the last show of the tour was. And all of Long Island came out to greet us as, like, welcome home from tour to Connecticut for whatever reason. And again, like, because they had their clicks back in the day, it was just turned into Long Island against Connecticut for some reason. And Long Island, holy shit, held its fucking ground. That was the most brutal night I ever seen in my life, where they were, the kids in the crowd were literally just, they locked the doors and turned off the lights while we played. Really? <laughs> and we stopped in between songs, and we just had to wait for chaos to just stop, and then turn the lights back on, shit would calm down, shit would go out into the parking lot, and... And this was probably 2007, maybe 2008 at latest, and yeah, that was probably the most violent, wildest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> was wow. a silly like local end of tour show <laughs> for a small tour. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. But that's just the way the clicks were back in the day. Yeah, like, for some fucking Any reason. Excuse yeah. to kind of like toe to toe, rub nipples, make scenes, make yeah. you know, like eh, make a scene like that. Wow. But um, they lived for it. They loved it. They would beat the shit out of each other and just going the next day on MySpace going, look what happened to me. I, was, I just got out of the hospital now. Well, maybe, like, from this dude from Long Island. And maybe anyone fine. who's listening, if that was you at some point in your youth, uh, just go to Kung Fu class. You know, get it out of your system beforehand. You know, go fight people who want to fight. Uh, you know. That's just me personally, but... The Long yeah. Island hardcore scene, really, back in the early 90s, was pretty... Yeah, I the 90s scene. The I, I wasn't part of it, but I had all the brothers that were part of that scene. Yeah. And, uh, they kind of brought me into that when I was a fucking baby. I feel yeah, like. I've, got, I've got some and friends who are way more into that shit. I'll go against the wall, make sure to not cross my arms, because I don't, I don't want to invite a fight. Shows. You know? I, I never I never quite understood it when I was playing in bands. I would play those shows like with... With without remorse, with revenants and all this stuff like that, I was just like I just care about the riffs, right? So like I was kind of That's... blind to the whole thing about it. And, but it's... you know, I respect it. Who has the best breakdowns? Like I want to know also. It's... <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> like... <laughs> but how it came to just like, that they had their own cheer squads, then fucking broke off into 
fighting each other. It's it was a I mean it was a big lifestyle thing back then because it was almost like I feel like somewhere in the mid nineties the Long Island hardcore scene was trying to like not be outshined by the, the infamous, you know, the New York mm. hardcore scene, which is worldwide famous, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and it was just like the violence got fucking crazy at these VFW halls and, and wherever. You know else what's this crazy? Was going the, the difference between hardcore and death metal, and I love I love hardcore. Yeah. I yeah. really love all the music <laughs> and a lot of my roots came from this. But uh, one thing right now, like just recently. Uh, and I have nothing but respect for the Cro-Mags. I could sing every lyric from uh, Age of Quarrel and grew up on it. But they just toured with uh, Slayer and Hatebreed or Hatebreed and Obituary. Not Slayer, Hatebreed and Obituary. Yep. Giant tour. Fit for an autopsy. And in between the tour, they mm. broke up in the middle of the tour. And mm. I saw videos of guys older than me uh, from that band giving statements of how there's going to be two Cro-Mags now and... Uh, yeah, it was that. so dramatic and like you know with all the fighting and this and that a lot of pissing contests go on that I thank God doesn't happen as much in death metal mm-hmm. because you know you know let's, let's just write some music like you actually said, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's really why I steered songs riffs that's again like a lot of the beatdown like. stuff <laughs> and a lot of the stuff Sean's talking about it's like again a band that's not that good might have a bigger crowd and a bigger reaction because they're the hometown or this or that yeah but uh you know, I'd rather stick to the riffs. Well, that's, I mean, that's something I've tried to explain to people over the years, too, um, is, like, with with a lot of these bands that I love, like, Neglect was kind of the exception to the rule, the band Neglect, because they were very musical. Um, still very much from that violent beatdown scene on Long Island, but, like, like take a band like Tension. That's just bare bones, balls to the wall, hardcore. They're they're not trying to reinvent the riff. They're not trying to be the next dream theater. Okay, you know what I mean, man. They were kind of like the Long Island version of Blood for Blood or something like that. You know, and that's that's where it was. It was you know, these weren't guys that were sitting at home at night with their guitars trying to pioneer, uh, you know, the like nope. the next Dillinger Escape Plan style movement or whatever. Yeah, these were yeah. guys that were like, you know, with a crew of skinheads uh, just trying to you know make a little anthem for their their fucking out east long island click that was beating up guys in 7-eleven parking lots and shit man i mean this was it was like it was thug music in a lot of the ways that a lot of like yeah, gangster really, rap is thug music you know what i mean ages man? Of it. Sure. yeah I, I, I that's one of the reasons that's something that drove me more towards metal when i was a kid too probably i mean obviously i was fascinated by the the uh the fantastic kind of escapism of metal and everything was, uh... but uh with we had right here in huntington there was a click of skinheads uh, those guys, I mean, yeah, I, I was no tough guy, man. Those guys used to, you know, used to give me shit and everything like when that. When I was a kid, Sundance, and I went to Sundance, my favorite show ever in my life was Destruction, which is one of my favorite bands, and the Chromex. And this is 87, 88. And back then, it was long hairs or skinheads. It was like, there was two <laughs> different things, and I had long hair. And I loved the Chromex, and I loved uh, Destruction. And I was 16, 15, 16, 17, and I wanted to, you know, mosh. It wasn't called slamming back then. You were moshing. And I wanted to mosh, and I wanted to stage dive. And I remember being out there for destruction, and I wanted to be out there for the chrome eggs, and the skinheads would fucking clothesline me <laughs> every time I would try, try <laughs> to get near welcome. that fucking pit. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you had hair, you had to stay out. That's how different shit is. You know, it was that separate back then. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hair and skin had meant something back then. And look at all the fucking sick bands out now with the crossover. That's you what I mean. mean. It's just it's just weird. It's just yeah. It's, I mean, it's amazing how things. We talk progress. about clicks, right, and things yeah. like that. You couldn't even have hair and go. You know, think about going mm-hmm. out there. We uh, half of the people holding down metal now can't grow hair. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. They're the younger ones. The younger ones Most are over the, the hardcore scene, and the older ones bold. don't have hair. That's it. Um, so Chris, you told us, you know, we, we, we've been talking about kind of like the, uh, how nowadays there's not as much violence between the genres kind of, and the, the long hair and the short hair was a thing. And just briefly for the listeners, if you want to, if you want to learn a little, bit, a little bit more about the long hair versus short hair, when we interviewed Uncle Frank, Frank Rini of Internal Bleeding, he talked a little bit about that and how when he actually shaved his head and came to rehearsal, it was like a different look, you know, it was like, imagine that a, a death metal singer with a shaved head and you're like, whoa, what's this guy doing? You know, with the hairdo. But here's something else I want to touch on. In the 90s into the early 2000s, black metal was not accepted in the death metal scene or the hardcore scene. At the same time, the death metal scene and the hardcore scene were button heads still into the 90s. When black metal came along and people started catching on to this weird European uh, sensation uh, you know, uh, of, of metal, like... Do you remember that? Like local people getting into black metal and being rejected and local black metal bands not having a good time of it in New I don't, York? I don't. I got to be honest. Okay. I, I didn't enjoy the music. I know it wasn't popular and I don't like it. Yeah. But uh, uh, I don't remember anybody saying they were against it though. Like, they didn't like it. Okay. Well, because um, John from Brodekin related to us that actually like part of the inception of Brodekin was them uh, making jokes about a, another band that had like a... What was it? Something about like like gay black metal. Like the sticker said something like black metal's gay, like a derogatory. You know, and, okay. and, you know, Heavy Hole does not approve that that message of just relating a story, whatever. But yeah, you know, uh, to be politically correct. But yeah, you know, that, like like there was a little backlash in the '90s from the death metal scene against black metal in certain circles. And I um, we talked to uh, uh, Mike Zancelli um, uh, from uh, Paragon Records, the Forgotten Dimension on Long Island old school metalhead, who was uh, very involved in black metal kind of from the beginning on Long Island. And he related to us, too, that there was a little backlash to black metal. But now, I mean, black metal and death metal are, like, completely intertwined to the younger sure. generation. You know what I mean? Fast, it's everything. Yeah, every, everyone loves Dark Throne and guttural death metal. It's right. like, a, you know, it's, like, completely sure. intertwined now, you know? All right, man. Well, um... I guess I'll stay quiet on that. <laughs> oh, yeah? Come on, what do you got? What do you got? No names or places. You can say allegedly. No, just never a fan of black metal. <laughs> I mean, as a genre, we're not trying to pick on you. Look, I'm, I've I've no, said on the podcast. Me or any of my friends. Well, dude, you also just described the scene you come from. You come from like yeah, the, yeah, the, the thugged yeah, out yeah. Long Island punch you in the face guess, scene. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't expect those guys yeah. to be like dissecting the Although nuances I will of say, uh, Emperor. I, uh, <laughs> I got to do a show with Belfagor not too long ago, and that. I was not expecting to be as blown away by that band as I thought. Okay. Nothing, was. nothing. This and is not. They were wild and fun and holy shit. They have they had such a fucking it. atmosphere. And this man. is not per se. This is like commercial black metal. But I remember playing a festival with Cradle of Filth, and I mm-hmm. again the show they put on. It's like you know, it's, it's like the, yeah, it's yeah. theater. You know, it's big. It's That's big. Th- yeah, I mean they they're more focused on the show than the yeah, music that band you know big. it's, it's mm. middle of the mall yeah. metal yep. you know but uh, I, I respect what they do I'm not really into Cradle of Filth yeah, but that, you that's know how, it, that's gets how, lost, it gets lost in that black metal I'll bet stuff. you black metal people hate me for even saying that's how little I know <laughs> and how little yeah, I care right. about that scene I mean listen it, you know I've said before I was never the biggest black metal guys I'm familiar with what I'm familiar with you know and I, I know my Marduk Gorgoroth Emperor 
uh, Mayhem, some of the bigger bands I, you know, I like, and I, I pick apart little demos or obscure bands here and there. But um, it's never been my neighborhood, and you're entitled to your opinion. There's plenty of black metal people uh, that that don't like death metal. I'm sure we've interviewed people from other genres that don't like Pyrexia, man. More powerful. This is the heavy hole we examine everything, man. You don't have to like it, but we're gonna talk about it, man. But um, all right. So moving on, man. You know, we talked about tour. We talked about relationships. We talked about the different genres and uh, and, the, and the history a little bit, man. Um, I, I, to, to wind down, I'm thinking maybe we we, we get into you guys recommending some music, uh, new and old, to the listeners, man. You want to start off? All right. So we're listening to Analepsy's Atrocities from Beyond. This is uh, Chris's new recommendation. Sounds really tight, man. Sounds great. Yeah, it is, man. And, nope. and if you hear the whole album, like I said, they they don't. It's not boring. People call them slam because they because of this, and they uh, they do some slam shit, but they have the death metal in them. Mm. See, that's what I like. I like when a death metal band can slam and do all that, but I right. like when they can blast beat. I right. like when they can have the lead guitars. Right. That's why I like. You know this what I'm band. saying? A little atmosphere, tight groove. Wow. Putting yeah. in work. It's speed. It's got the speed. It's got the slams. It's got the groove. It's got the production. Good vocals. So this is Analepsy. Where are they from? <clears throat> they are from, I think, Portugal. Portugal. Okay. I think so. Could be wrong, but I think so. I got double check. Who, who, who produced this? Yeah. This is Demigod Studios. Ah, I thought so. Okay. Yeah, this is what bro- is bringing me out there. Okay. So you you kind of like maybe discovered this doing your research? Yes. All right. Well, I mean, this is they're huge. Yeah. They, He'll tell you right now, he's looking. This band right now, I mean, we could talk views. I, I think one of the biggest bands right now in death metal is uh, uh, Aborted. I really think that, that they're really being accepted and they're on huge fests, headlining huge tours. And their great videos get like 250,000 views, which is phenomenal, right? Very good for them. What are you looking at right now? Right now, I just have their uh, no, no, encyclopedia look- metal. Analepsy, and what Analepsy are you looking at? And what are you looking at? Yeah, this is wow, this is great. This right. is uh, 600,000 views. 600,000 views. For, wow. People are digging these people. This is something that's like being punch- it's punching people in the neck. Where I, I don't know if it's even getting the. the uh, it's weird because, I, like you said, I discovered it through my research, my, but yeah. 600,000 people discovered it before me. Yeah, and right. they're huge. Holy shit. And you know, with with like the the modern and, and like honestly, it's stuff that has the slam word in it nowadays. Unfortunately, I feel like it's getting to the point that it got to. I always talk about the one man drum machine bands in the early two thousands. There's there's like this sea of bands you got to go through right. to find the good ones. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's right. becoming like a little a little saturated. You know, and that's probably why why these guys haven't really been on my radar yet. You know? Yep. But six hundred thousand, I can't even find many other bands with six hundred thousand yeah, views. That's wild. It's, it's wild. Wild. All right. So, Analepsy. What's Analepsy. the name of this? Uh, the album Atrocities from Beyond. All right. What's the same with label? Comatose. Uh, Comatose. No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not sure. Vomit your shirt. Vomit your shirt. Yes. I've uh, actually never heard of that label. It might oh, be different. And, and this and this it's release. Different. Excuse me. That's the current one that they're right. on. But the label that this came out is uh, Rising Nemesis Records. There you go, that's it. Okay. Rising oh, okay. Okay. I can see that. <laughs> wow. wow, sick yeah. shit.
So, Sean, your new recommendation is Misery Index Rituals of Power out on Seasons of Mist. Yeah, I would go with that. That's something I would always probably push. <laughs> Misery Index has been holding it down for me for quite some time. Great band. Whoa. That was sick. That was I'm not the only one that thinks great. that. Yeah, it's stereo. <laughs> Holy shit. For a band holding it down for just extremeness, uh, mm. come on, Netherton's vocals and... Oof. It's a great package. Like, they don't let you down. Yeah. They write such really amazing, memorable uh, music. Like, not, not reinventing the wheel... Not yeah, not taking they, death metal and grindcore far left or anything, you know. Not, I mean, I don't mean political. Okay, blend, okay, guys, calm down. <laughs> they you know blended it. Not going so left field, abstracting well. it. Like, but 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 they just do it so well, man. You know. Yeah, yeah for so many years now too, man. I, I've always been a fan Groove since, since grind, the early two thousands, and yeah. yeah, this album really didn't disappoint me when it came out. You could tell, especially for the early two thousands, uh, dying fetus albums. I feel like you can tell. Which aspects went over into these guys? You know, you know what you're right. It's really interesting. <laughs> you see that side, and yeah. the, and it, every album has been that side of that those albums. You know, like I love it. It's interesting to kind of dissect uh, di- the early dying fetus material in that way. You know. Hmm. Hell yeah! Yeah, listen to that. This is you know with a band like Misery Index, it um it sets the bar very high for me. For like hardcore influenced death metal or death metal influenced mm-hmm. hardcore, whatever you want to call it, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, it was such a blend. And yeah, I, that's yeah. why it's one of my favorite bands. You know? Yeah, I, I've personally worked with so many different bands to blend in this fucking scene. And there's plenty and, that do it great. Yeah. I mean, we could have a whole episode talking like not not to put down yeah. that 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 mixing. Justin always brings that up: the hardcore influenced death metal, death metal influenced hardcore, whatever. I love a mix. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but but um, like this this to me is like a great mix of that, and yeah. it, and it sets the bar very high, so that you know. I, that's maybe all why I'm not albums, really all of them. Yeah, knee you know knee deep in that scene, you know. It's good shit. I saw them um, at St. Vitus when they were doing their touring round for um, the Killing Gods, the album okay. before this, yeah, yeah. which is another that really, been one, yeah. really yeah. great yeah. album. But that was yeah. the most violent show I had been to in <laughs> a long time. Yeah, I, Vitus was just like. Uh, and they always say, man, blender. when they come to New York, they never expect people to fucking throw down as hard as they do for their music because they're more grind shit when right. they travel the world they're really their yeah. fans are up front and headbanging <laughs> rocking to their shit yeah, they come true. to New York and everybody just beats the shit out of each other <laughs> for their music <laughs> maybe people just feel like it's it's Dying Fetus kind of adjacent you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. They, you know well, I think like Dying Fetus maybe they've they've escaped that stigma of what deathcore became in yeah, the early yeah. 90s, mid 90s, yeah. but while doing the same kind of thing, you know what I mean? But yeah, it's, it's they, they they have their bread and uh, you know they have their uh, their cake and eat it too. They butter their bread on both sides. <laughs> they, you know what I mean? They've got it all figured out though. Hot no, nobody's bread. got it more figured out than than Gallagher. Think about that. The three piece. Yeah. So it's forty oh, yeah. percent less. You got to split up. It's very efficient. Efficiency. 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 Yeah. And you know what I noticed huh. the other day? I'm giving Correct credit me to if Jason. I'm wrong. When All they my tour, credit goes to Jason. They don't tour I'm with sorry. support. They always do with op- local openers. Is that true? Huh. I don't. Who's supporting yeah. them on this tour? They just played okay. right no, they now without remorse. Really on their own. Yeah. And uh, some you know, circuit of sons. Oh, circuit of sons. I've never heard of any of the bands band. open. You know. When yeah, they can you do know, it themselves. Scale it down, less bullshit, and you probably end up. You know, you probably end up better off. God bless. Yeah. Hey. More power to you. Well, for the kids. It was cool. The last time Dying Fetus toured, Kim Talley played drums. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, like old school shit. 
But uh, yeah, we're not talking about Dying Fetus. We're talking about Misery Index. <laughs> Rituals of Power, yeah. sick album. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to recommend a fairly new release by a band that's been around for a while and is a little underrated. I would say so, yeah. Enemy Mind from Pittsburgh. Yep. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah I believe so. What's the name of this new album? Killer Beef. Okay. <laughs> Killer Beef. <laughs> yeah, they started in 2007, currently unsigned. Yeah. That's what I mean. They knew they made that name for the fucking selves. They don't need to go to anybody. <laughs> the productions are fucking solid. Yeah. yeah. It's powerful. Oh, that sounds so good. It does. There you go. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Come on, man. It feels like if you just stripped the dying fetus formula down to like three guys in varsity jackets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like straight victory records 1998 with baseball bats, you know? Mm-hmm. There's like a good six bands that are very similar to what these guys were putting out that were just fucking owning it in one certain era wait there, Eddie Mine like, what's the other know? one what's the other one to get the guys are Unit 731 was one of my favorites man they were another one kind of along the same wave got one old recommendation I would please yeah, bring what you some, but a specific song from Ion Dissonance back in probably 2003 what song? Bud Dwyer Effect this song for me and my friends back in the day was some of the most abrasive shit in your face uh, just to show you how extreme <clears throat> shit could be but still have some groove to it and hear just uh, Blood curdling fucking screams to shit. It was the most extreme shit. This is probably one of my all time favorite fucking songs. So, just for the listeners again, this is your older recommendation. And and, uh, what artist is this and what song? This is Ion Dissonance. This is their song, uh, Bud Dwyer Effect. What what album was it? Oof, uh, Solace or the Healing Process? No, yeah. Solace. I think Solace yeah, was the name of theirs. Yeah. Solace, okay. That was the right, Spy's it? Icon was the Healing Process. Right, yeah, that's why I couldn't remember. Same era, though. I was Montreal like, which one did I like? Yeah, yeah. I was like, breathing remember, I was rocking them both. Yeah. So what, what about this? So take take us back to when you heard this song. Why is this song so special to you? 
Uh, really, and nobody on Long Island was doing something with grindcore back in the day. And when these guys, well, uh, Despised Icon, I think, was the first ones bringing some of that shit back out here. And they brought these guys out with them on a tour, and they were showing us yeah. their band. They were both from and, Montreal, so they toured yeah, around a lot. Yeah, and uh, uh, this was just fucking the most obnoxious shit we ever fucking heard in our <laughs> lives, man. It was really just, just people being as loud and obnoxious, screaming, fucking squealing guitars as... And it had groove, and it made sense. And I remember people not getting it, but me right. and all my clique of friends, what don't you get? <laughs> it's Dude, it's so tight and so solid, and, and just trying to work on getting shit this intricate, this fucking tight. This this was a big deal for me, man. Having something this with this type of clarity that was just grind noise, you know? Like... Mm. Really, the clarity that it like, fucking yeah, had. Any other grind chaos, band that yeah. was putting out something this extreme back then was not coming out with this clarity. You know? Right. There's three bands from Montreal like that were doing this kind of shit. There was Iod Dissonance, the Spies Icon, Beneath, Beneath the, the Massacre. Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And they, they kind of, like, in the early fucking 2000s, or mid-2000s, yep. were just... Yeah, the most obscene, obnoxious shit you could mm-hmm. fucking possibly <laughs> listen to, and it's really all I wanted to hear. Nice. This was on Willow. And that's about all the greatest things I have to say about that area. (laughs) (laughs) Done a lot through there afterwards. (laughs) That's all he knows. Because we have two guests and we want them to get their recommendations out for time considerations, we, uh, the three of us, Tom, Justin, and myself, agreed to uh, abstain from recommendations, oh, and we're gonna oh, oh. we're gonna put them on another. <laughs> we're gonna give it to you next night. time. Yeah, we we'll give it to you next time. But Stay I do tuned. have one. I have one that's relevant. Oh, sorry, that's different. Um, <laughs> we just said. Get it. Get it. Kept the secret in my bag over here. <laughs> 
I'll actually dig bag. out this piece of paper that has yeah. it written on it. Punch that up. Yep, I got it. I, I want to show this to Chris and this Chris. Surprise. I know you know these guys and you were around back then. Maybe you could talk about Wee. this a little bit. We're talking about Suffocation's Human Waste EP on Relapse Records, by the way. What what year is that, 90? 91. Yeah. Holding up. By the way, just, Chris, just just uh, clap that jewel case so the listeners know I brought the, the actual merch. That's a, that's a flex. It's a physical copy, right? When you yeah, have a physical copy on this show, that's a, that's a flex, yeah. Must flex. Yeah. Yeah. So were you uh, were you hanging out with these guys around then? Or? This is uh, <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, did you know any of them back yeah. then, Chris? I, I, I must. Have, Chris is looking at this like I just popped out the photo album or something. Yeah. No, yeah, that was. Uh, I was uh, I was jamming with those guys sure you right, right around that time, copy. right before we uh, we did a little split up. But yeah. I played most of those songs, but just not uh, not on that CD. Really? <laughs> so most of these songs that were the first Suffocation songs were uh, like written and performed in in, in a prior mortuary. Mortuary. Yeah. Okay, so mortuary is like the root of Suffocation in a way. Most definitely. Okay, and who was in that band? Uh, myself, Cerrito, Hobbs, Smith, and uh, our man Billy Reyes. He okay. was singing. Okay, and uh, who, who's who's Jason Fligman? Oh, Jay Fligman? Oh, man, Jay Fligman. Wait, oh, he go back to, no to high school. He managed them back then. No. Yeah, yeah. Did he say managing for that? Not for yeah, that. For fan club bookings fan or club. free lyric sheet, lyric sheet, and it's got a street address on it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Believe it or not, that guy got me into a lot of shit back then. I know, he told really? me. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Fligman, he, he actually was playing bass with them before the I... He was playing bass with Smith, but he just didn't have the chops at the time. And... Uh, yeah, he was a good. He was a good kid. Jay Flagman. Wow. All right, man. And uh, I'm looking. I'm trying to see where this was recorded. Okay, recorded at uh, what is this? What does it say? Hold on. Rick Ricarda Matt Studios, West Islip. Is that ring a bell? That's a weird name. Ricarda Matt. Yeah. I don't know. Engineered by Paul Baggin. Somebody's friend back. Probably some guy's house. <laughs> Ricky had the laundromat. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the laundromat. The Ricardo it's mat. called the Ricardo. Yeah, man. Well, I just wanted to bring this on because, um, you know, we talk about the old school Long Island scene, and uh, you know, I've already told the listeners. How if you're dare you in, bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested in, in the roots of Long Island death metal, you can listen to Chris's first appearance here on the podcast. He talks about going to high school with these guys. And this is like the first appearance of Suffocation um, on a label, on Relapse Records, which was like a totally independent, underground, photocopied, you know, ads in the mail label back then. Um, Grizzly cover art, Grizzly cover art, and um, the production, you're you're not going to hear Suffocation with this kind of really raw production after this. Um, I mean, you know, even like nowadays, the later few albums with Joe Sincata, they're known for like some of the most cutting edge kind of production. Zeus. Zeus. Yeah, yeah, Zeus Zeus was the last one, right? And, um... You know, and, and another thing is that I had a conversation with somebody over the weekend, and we were talking about um, Afterbirth, original uh, Afterbirth vocalist Matt Duncan, who was one of the first guttural vocalists in death metal, and uh, I was talking about how Frank Mullen really also 
brought guttural vocals to, to like prominence, man. He might not have been doing the whole like slurping your chocolate, you know, chocolate milk voice. But, <laughs> this is deeper than anything back then. Yeah, 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 dude. Exactly. I mean, I mean this is you, this low. 90. You're talking people are still used to like Chuck from Death and Chris from Autopsy type of vocals, and this yeah. guy is growling like a pit bull. You know what I mean? Like Frank Mullen, he's pronunciation out the window. Yeah, Frank Mullen, uh, you know, obviously still a force to be reckoned with, but really interesting to go back. And think about the time period, 1990. Think about what else was going on in death metal. You had your napalm deaths, your death, your pestilence, but... That's it. Yeah, I, I mean, this suffocation... Altars of madness. Yeah, yeah, altars of madness. Okay, yeah, so the Florida guys are pushing things real heavy. Obituary is definitely pushing. What about the suburbs outside of New York City? Is any death metal going on there? No, yeah. No. Here you go. That's it. You know what I'm saying, man? <laughs> suffocation. <laughs> so... After this comes out, man, in the scene, what kind of a, what kind of an impact did this have in the local death metal scene? It was the local death metal scene. It was <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so you were listening to that, or you that was the, the problem local with, death with, metal uh, scene when Sermon came out because there was nothing to compare it to. So there was two death metal <laughs> bands. So we sounded like them. They said that was it. Womp, womp. Yep. <laughs> all right, man. this I, is all, right. all we can compare it to. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. is this what you're trying to be? Wait, what? <laughs> All right, man. So suffocation, uh, human waste, very interesting relic for Long Island death metal fans. Um, check it out, and especially just remember the year it came out and what else was going on. Yeah. Time, time capsule. Uh, how significant that is. <laughs> Tonight's guest, obviously, um, Sean Kennedy, Chris Basile from Pyrexia. Uh, we had a great time talking to you guys. Great. Thank you, guys, man. Love this place. Yeah, th- <laughs> thank you, man. We went off the rails a little bit here and there, but I think it was good. I think it was good. We had a good point of being here, wasn't it? <laughs> we got it off our chest. We talked about it. We hashed it all out, man. Uh, you know, we appreciate you. We'd love to have you back eventually, man. Um, and, you know, the, the, the obviously, people know Pyrexia. You can Google it, look it up on the social media, man. These guys got tons of music. And um, as we said before, there's two other episodes in the Heavy Hole podcast library, uh, one of which where we were out at Pyrexia's place and we interviewed them and and, uh, some of their friends and and, uh, Afterbirth and Tomorrow's Victim. And there's the original Pyrexia episode where Chris gives the entire history of the band, so you can check that out if you enjoyed hearing this tonight. Uh, Guys, get home safe. Good luck with the new material. Thank you very much. All right, we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming, guys. Cheers, man. And and the Heavy Old Podcast, obviously, we're on all the social media. We got the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook. Uh, the email is heavyholepodcast at gmail.com. Yes, sir. You don't happen to have that phone number handy, do I do. You? Why don't you give us a call, leave an angry voicemail about uh, you know how we got <laughs> something wrong about the subgenre of whatever band you care a lot about. Uh, it's at 631-837-3274. But, Tom, I just want to tell you a story about how I was stuck in a van one time and I fought it and put it in my mouth. What's that phone number again? <laughs> All right, it's 631-837-3274. 
Guy sounded like he was in Boston when he farted. Big <laughs> <laughs> beans from Boston, baby. Okay, right. that's it. We're out. Heavy whole podcast. <laughs> Boys, it's your turn. Spurs of your turn. Come on, spurs.